Well, good morning and welcome, and thank you for uh, spending the time listening to this. And um, and this is an encouragement for us as a church. So um, it's a great message. And every year around Easter Sunday, we kind of carve into this time just to celebrate, remember this message that Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. And so um, fantastic message. And I really want to um, just encourage you this morning, especially in these days, there is hope, there is um, a life that is greater than we ever imagined. And it's because of this day that we're remembering that Jesus rose from the dead. So but before we get going, I want to just start with just a little taste of the story, just to give you an idea of some of the things that um, we believe and what as we as a church celebrating today. So um, just turning from in, in the Bible, Matthew chapter 28. And in this story, we just get a, a, a glimpse of it. Jesus has already died on the cross. And Good Friday, we remember that time. And um, Jesus died on the cross and they put him in a tomb. Um, and to make sure that people aren't going to steal the body and claim something, you know, that he'd risen from the dead, they sealed it, put a big stone across it and uh, guards around it. And this is what happened the, 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 the following day. Now, after the Sabbath, this is Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And as for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you see Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And as he said, just as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to see his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. Um, just a bit of a story. And what incredible story. You might even think that this is the kind of thing that um, is written in fantasy novels. You've got earthquakes, you've got uh, lightning, you've got angels, you've got guards that are you know, hardened men that are fainting out of fear. Um, and yet this is what um, Christians believe. And they believe this and many people, um, uh, you know, believe this to be an even greater fundamental kind of belief than um, not just that Jesus came to as a baby that we celebrate at Christmas, which is key, fundamental, uh, or that he died at the cross, which is which is incredible that he came to take the sin of the world away and he died in our place. Um, but the resurrection is even more amazing because it shows so much more how Jesus conquered death and he lived again. And the, the early writers believed this. Paul wrote the New Testament. He said, he said, uh, uh, not the whole New Testament, some of the letters. He said this um, in 1 Corinthians 15, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. Um, in other words, he's saying, if there's no resurrection, then um, even what I'm doing now is useless. And I'm just as deceived. Uh, I am a fool. I am confused. I'm wasting my time. And that's how, how fundamental the resurrection of Jesus is. And, um, and they believe this wholeheartedly. And um, the, early, the early Christians, um, the, the followers of Jesus, claimed and they wrote down in, the, in their letters and recorded that they met Jesus face to face. There are many um, different um, uh, recordings of that. 
Um, but it says that up to 500 people saw him before he ascended in the clouds and he went back to heaven. And so why do Christians believe this when many would quite easily claim that this is just mythical rubbish? And, um, and I, I'm just going to show you a video of someone who's explained. This is a guy called Lee Strobel. He's an author. He was an atheist, didn't believe God existed at all. He studied it to look into it. Um, I think rumour says to in order to see whether he can prove it wrong. But he was convinced by it. And so have a little listen to this. And these are some four evidences for how we look at the resurrection. We think, well, hold on, how do we build this picture? Is this true? Is this not? I like to look at the evidence for the resurrection in four categories. The first one is, did Jesus die on the cross? Was he dead? Virtually every scholar on planet Earth concedes that Jesus was dead after crucifixion. We have no record of anyone anywhere ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Uh, even the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, published a peer-reviewed scientific medical study of the evidence for the death of Jesus and said clearly the weight of the evidence indicates that Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. Even the atheist New Testament scholar, Gerd Ludeman, says historically it's indisputable that Jesus was dead. So Jesus was dead. The second category of evidence is the early accounts we have for the resurrection. In other words, I used to think as an atheist that the resurrection was a legend, and that took a long time to develop in the ancient world. But what I learned is that we have preserved for us a creed of the earliest Christian church, a creed that is a eyewitness-based report of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, this creed has been dated back by scholars to within months of the death of Jesus within months. That is historical gold. So we've got a newsflash from ancient history on the resurrection. Third category of evidence is the empty tomb. And the best evidence for that is even the opponents of Jesus implicitly admitted the tomb was empty. Because when the disciples began proclaiming that Jesus had risen, what the opponents said was, oh, well, um, the disciples stole the body. Now they're conceding the tomb's empty. They're just trying to explain how it got empty. So everybody's conceding the tomb was empty. How did it get empty is really the issue, and that goes to the fourth category of evidence, which is eyewitnesses. You know, for most of what we know about ancient history, it comes from one or maybe two sources of information. And yet, for the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the resurrected Jesus, we have no fewer than nine ancient sources, inside and outside the New Testament, confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the risen Christ. That is an avalanche of historical data. So you put all that together and you have a really good case for Easter. So there you have it. Four great evidences, but I want to, um, I think he does a much better job than me just repeating what he's saying. So, but four great evidences, but I want to tell you something a bit more. You see, before Jesus rose from the dead, the followers ran for cover. They hid, they just, they were locked in a room. They were fearful. They were fearful of what the authorities were going to do, whether they're going to come and they're going to um, uh, imprison them or kill them as well. Um, they didn't know what to do. The, the person they followed was dead. Um, they didn't remember some of the things that, that Jesus said to them. But after he rose from the dead, what we see in the, in the Bible is that they suddenly became bold and courageous. They were, they were just getting out there. They were telling everyone that Jesus has risen from the dead. They even went even further. Their behavior uh, um, was clear. They were convinced that Jesus... Uh, had risen from the dead, they'd seen him, they'd known him, they'd suddenly got the full picture, so much so that they were willing to be beaten, burned, beheaded, sawn in two, stoned, 
crucified, they were living in poverty, they were risking their lives. And why would they risk their lives for a lie? That's the, that's the crux of the matter. Even today, millions of people around the world, there are people who are living the truth of this resurrected life. Something happened more than just a myth. Something happened that radically changed um, the lives of millions of people. And this circumstantial evidence, when you look at these early Christians being fed to the lions, not wanting to deny Christ has risen, not denying Christ that he is God. And they, they did this and many, many people are doing it because something happened. And this is what I think is relevant to us. The resurrection of Jesus says this, there is a living hope, not a wishful thinking, but a rock solid living hope. And that's what we need in these days. We need a living hope. And, um, and this is what Jesus' resurrection tells us. It's not just a hope in life. It's not that we will have a better life, um, but actually there is a hope in death. It changes death because Jesus overcame death. That's what the resurrection says. He overcame death. He didn't um, come under the power of it because he rose again. And therefore, death could not hold him. It could not keep him down. Um, he, he overcame death, not just for himself, but for us as well. Those who put our faith in him, we can overcome death. Death no longer is that which is to be feared, is that to be feared of, of the darkness of what comes after, of the, of the uh, death and eternal death that comes after. Now it's a doorway into paradise, it's a doorway into eternal life, knowing Jesus and living with Jesus. And, and this is incredible because hope says this, though my situation is difficult, there will be a day where things will be changed. My hope will be fulfilled. Hope says, I've not, I have a hope not in an outcome, not in my situation being changed necessarily, but in a person because I know that person loves me, cares for me, and he has all power and he has the sovereignty to um, uh, care for my life as he sees fit. And sometimes that is through um, struggling and, and suffering and difficulties. Hope says, I know that my life is in his hands because faith, this ability, I know he has risen from the dead. And people may say that, um, John, you're crazy. See, when, we, when people think, you know, you're crazy, you, you know, you don't know what life is, or maybe actually what it is, what it could be is that the, generally what we understand of being life is only part of the story. And uh, Jesus said this, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And, uh, and here's the question, have you known abundant life? An abundant life is made available because Jesus abundantly overcame death with his life. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me uh, because he is the life. An abundant life is when you come alive on the inside. And that means that you don't need the outside to be all good and nice in order for your life on the inside to be great and nice. It means that from the inside out, we are changed. We come alive, something new. We've come alive on the inside. It's like our natural life is opened up to the joy of knowing God. We come alive to the reason that we have been created, a new purpose. It's a transition, the Bible often says. In this picture, it says, it's a reality in spiritually, but it's like we have come from as dead men raised, dead women raised to life. And, um, and this is the truth. It's the opening of blind eyes to see. And see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ affects every human being on this planet. You see, he is the overcomer of death. He is the forgiver of sin. He is the satisfier of judgment, the advocate of the sinner. Uh, the saviour of all mankind. See, in him, this is the person 
that who has overcome death when he rose from the dead. He did all of these things and that we may enter into to it. See, it's the catalyst by which we have power to live a new life. All the things we haven't been able to stop in our lives, the bad behaviours, the things that we would call sin, the, the ways that go against God, that we have no power to do. The resurrection life brings power to live a new life. He is the example of the impossible available to us. Uh, those things that were impossible are now possible because of what he has done. He is the way to a new life of purpose starting today. He is the doorway to eternal life in paradise. And because of him, suffering turns to blessing, uh, misery to miracles, hopelessness to hopefulness, death to life, cap captivity to freedom, helplessness to power. Now you might think, John, these are great words, but this is reality. When we understand what Jesus has done, these are the things, these are snippets of things that come alive. And you can read stories and, and listen to other people's um, stories of how that has been a reality in their life, how their misery has been turned into blessing, um, how their suffering has turned into joy. And there's great songs and great worship songs that we've sung many a time that remind us of what God has done. It doesn't mean that we don't live um, through suffering and challenges. Jesus went through suffering and therefore we go through suffering too. But he turned his suffering into a blessing. And that's what God does. He turns things around. But more than all of these things, the good news is this, that what Jesus did is he took two separate um, people, God and us, and he joined us together. He took away the obstacle, this disobedience in our hearts, this sin. He took that away by taking the punishment and, and uh, for sin, opening up the way that we, through faith, can know him. And, uh, and that is a real, living, dynamic relationship with the Supreme Lord, King, and God of the universe. And this is what people have been dying around the world for. Some of the fastest growing churches in the world are in places where you're not allowed to talk about Jesus with other people, like Iran. And, uh, and this is because people are, are experiencing something true and real, not an idea, not a mythology, not a set of rules, not a philosophy, but a reality of a person. And this is Jesus. You see, um, he is, by this definition that Jesus is alive, is that he is our living hope. He is our hope in these days. That's why we don't fear, because we know that he is watching over us. And not just from afar, he's intimately involved in our lives. He is our hope because he lives, because he calls us to be his. He bids us to come to him and find our rest in him. He longs for the joy of God to be in our lives and in our hearts, to know him day by day and to walk and to be released in our hearts from fear and anxiety. See, the big question is, do you know this Jesus, the risen saviour, the conqueror of death, um, the, the saviour of mankind? And he's making this invite to us. He's saying, I've opened up the way that you might know me. And this is what this day is all about. It's about celebrating the freedom and the release to live the life of purpose that we were created for. And this is the invite for you. It's, it's, this is what we're celebrating. Do you know this abundant life on the inside? Do you know what it means to be an overcomer, to be a victorious individual, to be someone who is living life and knowing God and this joy of knowing him? Now, this might be something quite new to many people looking for. Most of us who are listening to this, we're already saying, yes, this is good. I'm enjoying this because this is true. And I know this to be true. 
And, um, but how do you enter into this? And I just want to, before I finish, just, just tell you this. We, we do that by first of all reflecting on Good Friday. We go to the cross and we realize the reason Jesus died on the cross is because there was an obstacle and there is an obstacle in people's lives. And it is a, it is a, a, a disobedience of God. It is a walking another way from God. It's, it's not living our lives in line with God. And what you first need to do is believe that we're walking in a different direction. It's about believing that God exists. It's about believing that God is a good God who wants to bring us into his family. And it's about um, the willingness to reach out and ask God to help. It's the, it's the, the uh, reality of God reaching down and lifting us up and believing that. It's putting all that eggs in one basket. It's launching into the deep. It's turning and walking in line with him. It's joining his team. It's following Jesus. And that we do not by working hard to be good enough, we do that by recognising and understanding what Jesus done on the cross and that he rose again. And I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust in him that he is now entering into my life. And so I want to finish with a prayer. And after that prayer, I'm going to just put a, a, a song, a YouTube song, which is a great celebratory way to end. And I'd love for you just to stick around to listen to it. And, uh, and if anything of this has just moved in you, uh, get in touch so I can just help you and others can help you. Just drop your email message and say, look, this is what um, I want to just encourage you to do, to believe that God wants to be in a personal relationship with you. And this is how you can start to do that. But, you know, we're sitting at home in our rooms and this is something that you can do before God. No one's pressurising you. Um, and so I'm going to pray and then I'm going to uh, play this song. But thank you for listening and God bless you. Father, I just pray for every single one that's watching, for myself too, that we would know and for truth about the resurrection of the dead. Lord, that you are alive and you are alive today and you want to know us personally. You want to be so much involved in our life that you want to literally dwell inside us, walk with us, be with us. Lord, so I want to pray for each one listening that you would speak to them, show yourself to be alive in these